Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We got a very exciting show talking about pitchers with the pitching guru, Eno Saris. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball presented by DraftKings. Thank you very much for joining us and hanging out for a little bit on the midweek episode. We like diving into topics. We like diving into topics on the midweek episode. My name is Jimmy. His name is Jake. In California, we got Trevor Plouffe. And in the corner, producer BBD. And this episode we have is brought to you by Dugout Mugs. Because Father's Day's coming up, Trev. You're a dad. Admit it. You're a dad. He's searching for his mug. You're a dad. I am a He's dad. He's got a little knob shot shot glass. Dugout mugs. Jake's got the talking baseball one. He's got the talking Yanks one. Go get your dad for Father's Day a dugout mug of the team that he likes the most. Or you can customize it and put his face on the whole thing. Just send them a picture of your dad's face and they'll put it on a mug. You get the knob shot, the wind-up, the season openers. The next 500 will get 30% off. If you use the code JOMBOY, you get 35% off dugout mugs. We got a bunch of fun stuff coming up with them. They're going to be part of our all-star game extravaganza that we haven't fully announced yet, but we're excited about. So, dugout mugs. Go to dugout mugs. Use code JOMBOY when you do. Jake, how you doing? James, Trevor, Big Baby David, everyone listening right now. I'm doing well. Doing well, getting through the week. Eno, uh, I don't know what the best way to say it is. He's on our level, except he knows stuff. Like, he really knows stuff. Smart guy. Uh, but, yeah, he's also, he'll he'll get in the slime with us, which I like. So, uh, talk some great pitching stuff with him. And I'm I'm excited. Man, like Memorial Day, summer baseball, sweating on the way to work. Like, we're here. How are you doing, Trev? I'm doing great. You guys know I love Eno. Um, What he does for me as a baseball fan and a player, you know, like I I can comprehend on some level some of the stuff that, you know, he's talking about in his articles, you know, a lot of the new age statistics and the analytics. He's able to dumb it down for me. I think that's what he does really well. Like he's so smart with it, but like Jake said, he can get down and, and talk on our level a little bit. So I think that's a real, it's really beneficial for fans to kind of go in and, and, and listen to what he's talking about. Cause he's, he's on the cutting edge, but he'll have a beer with you and talk to you about it. That's how I feel about, you know, Jake, can you let everyone know how this came about? Cause there's a little backstory of why he, he joined us for this episode. So, Eno tweeted out March 23rd about Corey Kluber, and he doesn't look that good. Uh, Never had a fastball, but he's sitting 90, but it isn't anything close to vintage. I had replied to that tweet on that day. I said, Eno, I'm trying to have a nice day, question mark, because I guess I I wasn't sure. Corey Kluber throws a no-no. Eno, that tweet starts blowing up, uh, obviously, because that's how the internet works. And uh, Eno replied to one of the tweets and said, Jake, we should flog me with chains on YouTube. Let's go. I said, well, it is Thursday, and that's what we do on Thursdays. And then he replied, I'll get the essential oils in the gimp mask you set the time. So (laughs) uh, that obviously took me aback because no one's ever tweeted that at me. Uh, And, you know, we... uh, for these midweek episodes, we wanted to explore stuff. We love Eno. It kind of seemed like time for some Eno. Uh, so we started there. Uh, we talked some Cluebot, clue and he wanted to eat some bugs about it, but also talk us through it. And we, we landed on some interesting stuff. And then we... Hell we, of an intro from him. Hell of one. I won't spoil it. An electric, yeah. electric intro. But yeah, jumped around to some other pictures he's, he's liking and talking about. And we... Balls, we cover the spectrum with Eno, always. 
always. So we'll throw it to the interview. It is brought to you by Rise, which is a new app we've been working with that I've been using on my phone to track my sleep because it's vital. Trev, would you have? did you download this? Uh, I've been using it. Would you have liked this as a ball player? So what this app does is it, it tunes into your Fitbit or your iPhone um, steps and sleep and all that, tracks your sleep patterns, and it like helps you out with your sleep debt and uh, sleep debt. So and like what you should be averaging, lets you know when you're going to be drowsy, when you're going to be awake, because everyone's got different hours. You know, I'm a morning person or I'm a night person, night owl, mm. early bird. Those are usually the terms for it. Um, you can become a morning person, according to them, and don't worry. You don't have to stop using your phone before bed, and you can do it without buying a new mattress, supplements, or weighted blanket. Blanket. Rise uses a scientific fact-based approach to help you get the sleep your body needs. It's built around the two principles that sleep research researchers agree most affect how well we how we feel and perform. Yeah, sleep right. debt. I'm not going to know that word. Sleep debt and Jesus. Sleep debt and Jesus. C- circadian rhythm. Ooh. Yeah, love Star Wars. You nailed it. Man. All right, so Trev, as a when you were a ball player, late nights, cool. what's your uh average time going to sleep when you're an active player? Two AM? Three AM? It all kind of depends on what kind of day or night you had, but um yeah, you're late and then you rise late. I well the reason I would have liked this when I was a player is because Back in the day, people thought you were soft if you fell asleep or took needed a nap. There was it was like a there was negative connotations involved with the word nap, and now you have science backing it up. And like there's nap rooms in Major League Baseball clubhouses, and that is a complete 180 from when I played. So I, I'm all about rest. Yeah, I, I mean I I told these guys I did uh, after Monday through Friday on my own before I had the app. I would just there'd be a day where I would just like fall asleep at 7 p.m. and wake up at 10 a.m. the next day. I'd be like, damn, I guess I needed that. Now the app, I did it for one week, and it's <laughs> after five days, it was like, you got five hours of sleep debt because you're not like – it was like one hour less than I need every day. And then on Sunday, I slept in till 9.30 or 10, and it was like, okay, you're good now. You cleared it. And I was like, fuck, that's really cool to know the like actual calculations behind that. So – um. Go to get rise, go to risescience.com slash baseball. Download the rise app today to try it for free. Find out if you're a morning person, night owl, when you get drowsy and uh, your sleep debt. That's risescience.com slash baseball to try the rise app free for seven days. Let's go to the Eno conversation with Eno. Baseball. We are joined by internet. Calf model, Eno Saris. Eno, how are you? I'm a shithead. (laughs) (laughs) For those (laughs) for those just listening, Eno has shit on his head. Yeah. (laughs) This is true. And on my face, I did. I said, I said in spring, Corey Kluber did not look good. I said he did not look good. I said his command wasn't good. I said his fastball wasn't good. And then he threw a no-hitter. All these things are true. But you didn't know that it was the year of the no-hitter. Yeah, right. Wade Miley Miley threw a no-hitter. Yes. Uh, Spencer Turnbull threw a no-hitter. As good as Spencer Turnbull, yeah. (laughs) Rodon threw a no-hitter. He was was dropped, you know. (laughs) But let's also not forget that Corey Kluber is sporting a 2.86 right now. Mm. So it's not just the no-hitter. Uh, no, I, I, I think I got it wrong. Um, one of the things that uh, I think is actually really tough to scout is command. I think it's one of the toughest things to see because pitchers move, uh, pitchers lose, miss their targets by like 10 inches on average. So you might watch a game and be like, you know, this guy can't, you know, he's not hitting his spots. But Kluber is actually, like, I have a stat called Command Plus. He's, like, 15% better than league average when it comes to command. So oh, yeah, I think yeah. that, yeah, I think that's what I got wrong. Also, like, he sort of famously, I guess, I didn't know this until I, my phone blew up after I texted, I tweeted that out already. I was like, oh, man, this is, this is destined to go poorly. <laughs> People are like, don't you know he's, like, he's, he's a slow starter and he doesn't, you know, he's not good in spring? I'm like, so- um, 
I was I with I'll... you, you know. I saw your tweet, and I because I was I'm a, I was still slightly as cynical as it gets when it comes to Kluber, mostly just because it was it's a ten million dollar contract when the Yankees are fighting against the luxury tax and mm-hmm. have they only had twenty to spend, they used half of it on Kluber in a one year mm-hmm. shot. So for me, it's he if he pitches good in the postseason, or this was a waste of ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming into it as cynical as possible. In spring training, I didn't like that. But then there was I when I found that out and they said historically he's a slow starter. That was the first I was like, okay, I will allow that into my brain. Because <laughs> I didn't know that as well. But some guys are just historically bad early. And yeah, I guess well coming off of injury, I mean that was a big thing for for y'all too, like having tie on and Kluber coming off an injury where you're you're depending on two guys in your rotation that like didn't pitch. Yeah. I mean, and Herman hadn't pitched and Monty was yeah. still not had a full season, so it was a lot, but Kluber's been pretty good. The no hitter was was pretty nice. His pitch mix is still it's so interesting because he doesn't like calling it a certain pitch. Mm-hmm. And then he's been Move using on. the change up more often. Did you maybe you How didn't know that, that scouting report? No, that's uh, I, I'm I'm working on a piece with Lindsey Adler about the changeups, but you know it is uh, yeah the second most he's ever used changeups, and it's it's funny because I have this thing called Stuff Plus, which kind of uses movement and velocity to say like how good a, a pitcher's stuff is, and he doesn't rate that well overall, and his changeup doesn't rate well at all. Uh, but the cutter still the cutter the Kluber ball whatever the harder breaking ball still does really well, and so I think what he is is a guy who has great command for okay pitches or the three okay pitches and a great pitch. And so, I think that's enough today. So as Yankee fans, we should be drinking the Kool-Aid, like just go in the deep end with it or what? Well, I mean the, the great starts were against like the Tigers in the Orioles and Rangers, the, the Rangers. So like, I do think to, today is a big test. I mean, yeah. that's, that's an awesome offense right now. That's, that's on all cylinders. So I'd expect, I'd expect more than like three runs, uh, you know, five Ks, three walks in like five innings today, um, you know, maybe six. So I, I think that's like Kluber against a great offense. So am I right or am I wrong? And, and it's like, that's not vintage Kluber, right? I mean, I know yeah. he threw a no hitter, but that's not vintage Kluber. Yeah. I don't Do you think it's just a velo thing with him. Like if, if, if he has command and he stays, you know, 15% above league average with your command plus stat. Mm-hmm. To me, I that's what I mentioned to Jimmy and Jake before the season. I said he I don't think he has to have velo to be successful. If yeah. he can if he can tunnel his pitches the way that he has pitched his entire career will continue to work if he can locate. Do, do you find that that is do you think that'll be true for him going forward? If he can just stay at that level of command, he'll be able to pitch shoot I mean, as long as he he wants to, right? Yeah, I just there's like a threshold at some point. He's not a good fastball guy, right? Like he never was actually. No, the, never. The, no. The way he broke out was to stop throwing the four seam and move to the sinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that covered up that his four seam is not that good. But now he's kind of like a five pitch guy where you know he can mix it up, and I think that does give you longevity. But at some point, there's a shelf. Where the fastball is just so bad, like you can't, you can't even really throw it anymore. You can't hide it. You can't, you know what I mean. So like, I think if he dropped below ninety or something, I'd be like, I don't think he can keep doing this. So I do think that like staying and and there's the research that suggests that, you know, if you stay between eighty nine and ninety four, like a little bit of tick up and down in there doesn't make it make it much of a difference. But if you drop below eighty nine, or if you can get above ninety four, those are that's a big difference. So, I mean, long story short, I think he's like a, he's like a doing the old pitcher's trick where he's just like, I've got a lot of pitches. I'm going to mix them all up. I've got pretty good command of them. I guess he can do that for a while. I'm looking at Jake PV stats. Cause that's who comes to mind when I think of like Kluber and PV towards the end of their career. And I was like, man, did PV pitch till he was really old, but he only pitched till he was 35. And I think that's where Kluber is at right now. Kluber's at 34 or something like that. So mm. it's going to be interesting, man. Cause I, I think he does enough to where it's it's tough for a hitter when you're when you're facing him, you know the way he's able to x the corners and and kind of fool you almost, and you have to at some point when he's on have to pick a pitch and go with it. I think that leads to success, but 
here's my question to you, like as a hitter, like, uh, you know, I was, I was looking at this when we were talking about moving the round back and a pitching coordinator told me that he would just have his pitchers throw 80% breaking balls, right? If the move, the mound was moved back. Um, and so there became a discussion about whether or not, like, if I told you a slider was coming, like if you just sat cutter, if you just sat Kluber ball, would it be easier to hit it? Like if you knew you're only getting sliders. Yeah. Like if if he threw 80% Kluber balls, like would you eventually just sit on that and be able to hit it? Yeah. Because you'd know where you need it to start for it to be in your zone. I think that's kind of when, if he's, that's why you have to throw something else because then you, if, if you can't just, if you have to worry about another pitch, you can't just say, hey, I want this pitch to start right here and that's where I can hit it. Because if you're going to throw me 80% sliders, I'm going to dial into the exact point where I know that it's going to break into my hitting zone and I know yeah. when to take it and all that. So I, I don't think that's – that doesn't make much sense. Well, they're throwing more and more sliders every year. And so I think there are some people that think that like the slider is just harder to hit. It is harder to hit, but that's because you still have a heater to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are throwing harder too. They're throwing their sliders, but they're also throwing their fastballs harder. Yeah. And it, there, there will need to be a change in philosophy as we go forward. And I think that there probably already is starting to be some of that. Um, but I, I, if you told me 80% sliders are coming, even if you had a good one, I think uh, I'd be more successful than I wouldn't, than I would be with, you know, how, whatever the percentage is now. Obviously, I have good. Well, it's news. not like I, Romo is the best pitcher in the league, you know. <laughs> I have good news for Who's you, that? you know. Romo, my haircut buddy. It's true. I have great. I have great news for you. Corey Kluber's ERA against teams that are below average offense, according to Team OPS, is one five four. In four starts, his ERA against above average offenses. In five starts is four nine zero. Trade them. <laughs> so all the all the Yankee fans being ruthless coming at you, you know, we got to wait another month. You know, this is so difficult about baseball. And this is this is what I think is so. It feels really unhinged when like a large group of people is trashing you. Maybe I was wrong. It's fine with me. Baseball is really hard to prognosticate about and like be right about all the time. Like y'all have been wrong, right? Can I get, can I get y'all to admit it? Mm. No, no, more, no, 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 well, no more wrong than yes. That's why we got to celebrate the few correctness. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, you, you know, you're, you're so right. And it's, you know, we, we do heavy Yankee stuff. So coming into the season, we do player profile and projections and you try to map out and like, Try to map out the season for the 30, is he 35 or 36? The 35-year-old Corey Kluber, who's got a couple size in the bag, but he's also basically missed two to three seasons. Uh, and, you know, you <laughs> we were laughing because you either put this as a win or a loss. We essentially put it as a loss that Cressy, who's the Yankees trainer, is Kluber's guy. So when mm-hmm. Brian Cashman goes to get the medicals on Corey Kluber... What's Cressy going to say? No, I, I've kind of done a shit job on that guy. No, he's going to say I've been lights out. So to predict what Corey Kluber is going to do this year, and let's be honest, the book ain't written. Uh, I think Yankee yeah. fans are excited that we're sitting here uh, mid to end of May with a 2.86 ERA and a 1-1 war and that kind of stuff. But to predict what kind of year he had, at, to put something fully in stone, like Kluber's going 30 starts, Two eight five ERA, <laughs> or to say Kluber was going to get rocked, nobody knew. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just, when someone is wrong, I'm like, ah, you know, it happens. I don't, I don't ever sort of feel the same. Like, gotta go tell that guy. <laughs> I'm sure that guy knows he was wrong. <laughs> Meet him at the pass. Yeah, exactly. Who, but, uh, hey, but I if mean, you're going to get on, if wanna, if you're on the pedestal and say. I was right about something. You have to get on the pedestal and take when you're wrong about something. That's how I feel. Yeah, about and I, no. yeah, I tweeted during his no hitter. I said, <laughs> I said, I was wrong, man. I was wrong. Well, I, you said you were writing an article with Lindsey Adler, who covers the Yankees for the Athletic on the changeups. We did a whole episode on talking Yanks all about it. So if you just want to use some of the yeah. research that we didn't do, <laughs> Katie, Katie Sharp did. 
Uh, Transcript. <laughs> we uh, we call it Matt Blake's changes because yeah. since he's come in, the Yankees have gone from 30th in changeup usage to third or something like that. Yeah, there's there's something going around the league too. There's more changeups, and I think what it is is like just generally we're going away from fastballs. But I think there's a, maybe a point of no return. Like that's why I asked Trev about this. Is like I think there's a little bit of a point of no return on sliders where they're throwing sliders more than ever. And you can like certain against certain pitchers, you can sit slider, you know, and once you can do that, you can actually hit the slider. And so therefore, even if your changeup's not great, uh, if you're sitting slider, you're going to miss the changeup. That makes sense. I can buy into that. I just did a video on uh, Garrett Cooper for the Marlins and he was facing Drew Smith for the Mets and he was sitting Mm -hmm. slider. You could just tell by his body language uh, you know, he was he was definitely sitting slider. He finally got one, hit a walk off home run. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, he's definitely just waiting for that one pitch there, and then he got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sliders the sliders are at the most that they've ever thrown them. And in fact, uh, the sort of production on sliders is near the worst it's ever been. Ooh, I think that goes hand in hand. So like, you know, you kind of the more you throw it, the more often someone's going to hit it. And that's actually the hardest thing in like when I'm looking at a pitcher, you know, it's the hardest thing. People say like, oh, man, he gets this many whiffs on this pitch. He doesn't throw it enough. He should throw it more. You know, when he throws it more, yeah. he's going to get fewer whiffs. You know, people they all are play off each other. That's the thing is you can't, you know, there's very, I mean, I'm thinking back to, you know, me as a hitter a long time ago, but there were only a few guys where I would sit slider. I mean, like, Al Albuquerque is one that really mm. comes to my mind. Former pitcher mm. with the uh, the Tigers. Another guy, Ortega, I believe, was on the Tigers. But like you, they all just work off each other, and I think that's why it's so damn hard to hit when a guy, you know, they say when a guy has you know command of three pitches during a start, you're screwed. Especially I mean, you if they can command it to each side of the plate, right? Because that's almost like yeah. six pitches. You, you have to you you have to be able to eliminate pitches. That's why I love facing two pitch pitchers. So the more the more times these guys you know eliminate pitches, the better I think it is for hitters. A two pitch pitcher, you know, if he only has one that's working that night, well, shit, man, you can just sit on that thing all night long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't you know I don't know if command of these sliders has gotten better with the more usage of them i'm assuming command of sliders is probably better than it ever has been because they throw it more so they have a better feel for it could be wrong about that um but yeah i just think that you there is a point of no return because they play off of other pitches they i mean that's just an an old adage you know your fastball plays up if you can throw your slider for a strike or your sliders may be better if you're commanding your fastball they go hand in hand i mean look at like hunjin ryu right he's like throws 89 but he he like you can't really eliminate any pitch in any count. He kind of just yeah. he has like four pitches and it could be anything at any time. So yeah, it's eighty nine, but it could also be the eighty six mile an hour cutter or the you know. So it's like a wide a wider range of of things and a wide range of movements. And he's can put it inside or outside. So you're kind of like you can't even eliminate a portion of a plate. You know. Yes, he's tough. He's real fun to watch when he's on because it's any Art. pitch in any count. And everyone's mm-hmm. off balance all the time. It's art. We we've seen six no hitters so far. I'm counting bum gardeners. Seven then. Seven. Okay, I so out, the record. out of the seven, if you count seven is the record. Out of the seven no hitters, if we went back to spring training, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, one of these seven guys is going to throw a no hitter: Musgrove, Rodon, Bumgarner, Means, Miley, Turnbull, Kluber. Miley. Who would you have said? Miley? No, no. Oh, who I said would have thrown? Yeah, who would you who would you guess would be? I think Means. I would not have guessed Miley. Yeah. Means is good, yeah. Yeah, Means is probably the best. Means is guess. the best guess? Or Turnbull. I think Turnbull because I love that 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 park makes things a little bit easier. So like, you know, you get like the Royals in Detroit, I would have been like, oh yeah, Turnbull could could sure. turn that. Little day game action like that a lot. Yeah. I know I you know, we we always want to talk some ball stuff with you, but for for talking baseball, you like to talk about about balls. Yeah, I mean, I before Trevor Plouffe said sit on it all night, and I you know I thought about <laughs> combining the two stances, but um, 
Who who are some other guys? Who are you drinking the Kool Aid around the league on? You know, for talking baseball, we we always say like everybody knows fans of their team know their team better than us. We can look at stats and we can look at advanced stats, but we don't fully know the full picture. Who you know, almost two months in now, who are some of the pitchers that the the national audience should should know more about or be thinking about? Uh, well, I'm assuming they know about like Corbin Burns by now. He like broke that record. But uh, in Milwaukee, also Freddie Peralta mm. uh, is pretty intense. Uh, he he releases the ball really close. He's almost got like a glass now thing where the he's got super extension. Mm. Uh, and then he's got a super righty fastball, and then he's 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 created a really good breaking ball that plays off of that now. So Freddie Peralta finally figured it out. He used to have problems in the first inning, but he kind of figured that out. Um, I'm a big fan of Julio Urias out in LA, uh, the lefty there. Uh, but I guess people probably remember from the world series, uh, who's another young guy uh, coming up. Shane McClanahan, man, you guys yeah. have seen him. Oh yeah. Oh, that is nasty. <laughs> I've got, I've got him with like three plus plus pitches. Jeez. So, you know, I don't know if they'll ever take the kid gloves off all the way. Uh, and let him and let him go to like a hundred any hundred pitches even. Yeah. <laughs> they keep taking him out at eighty, but uh, I think he can still do it in the in the you know eventually they'll do it. At least they let him start. Um, do they let him start? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's doing. He's doing like about four innings at a time, four or five innings at the most. I got a um, question about. I got a question about a comment you made when the Adamus trade went down and the. Um, Rays picked up Fire Eisen and Rasmussen. You said that they have they're really excellent in their vertical break. They rate well in that in mm-hmm. that regard, and that's what the Rays really look to. That yeah. Why are the Rays? Break. Why do the Rays know this and other teams don't? Like what? I, I don't understand that. Like what are they doing so much better? Like why is it always the Rays that know how to get pitchers? I from chatter around the league, I've heard that the Brewers and Rays, um, and Astros and Dodgers and Yankees. That's those are the five teams that kind of know pitching the best, know the kind of stuff, you know, what makes good stuff, um, can 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 bring it out of their young pitchers. Um, but there's been a little bit of a fascination in New York, I think, with fastball, with the high fastball and the breaking ball, the hard breaking ball. That's like that describes a lot of the young guys that are coming up through the Dodger system. Um, and I think there's been some sort of acknowledgement with the uh, Yankees that maybe command matters a little bit more than they thought. Oh, so there's been a little bit of a change going on with the Yankees uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, I think that the, the Rays and the, the Astros and Dodgers and Yankees, those are the, the class of the, of the league in terms of just acknowledging what makes a pitch good. Uh, and going and getting those guys. The thing that I think makes the Rays stand out is they make more trades than anyone. They just like they just like acquire more people than anyone. They're just like constantly, and that makes us think that they're and they're winning. I think most of those trades, not all of them, but you know they do well in the trades that they do, and they just make a ton of trades. So we're kind of always talking about the Rays, but there are other teams that that you know that know stuff pretty well. And the Brewers develop these two guys, right? I mean, they came out of almost nowhere. I mean, when's the last time you the first? This is the first time you ever heard of Drew Rasmussen and JP Fireisen, right? Not Fireisen. No. Yankees, great former Yankees legend. Oh, he's a Yankee. Yeah, he, former, yeah, yeah. Uh, he went in. He well, actually, he was yeah. an Indian um, prospect, and then they in the Andrew Miller, Clint Frazier, Justice Sheffield trade. He was oh. part of that. And then the Yankees, how do you end up in Milwaukee? The Yankees. Oh, it was the big uh, five, or was it? It was the big uh, fire eisen for Benny Escanillo, an international slot money trade. Oh yeah, that. uh, I remember that. I think that was Olney, or was that who broke that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, he had to be Rule Five eligible, so they they dumped him for needed the forty man spot for something. Yeah, you know that that. That vertical break pitch you're talking about, I took that thing way up top Ooh. in Triple A, just so you know. So. You you took Fire Eyes and Deep? Oh yeah. <laughs> We're a huge Fire Eyes and Pod. Don't come at us with that. Big Fire Eyes. <laughs> sorry, pod. sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, but so we know. He like they were trying to make him a, a starting pitcher forever, right? And it just the injuries didn't make it work. So I think that they weren't sure that he would be like a great reliever. 
But, you know, he has three pitches. They all look pretty good. And the Rays wanted him. So That's the scariest part. Yes, it is. <laughs> right. Trev, you want... I mean, one, of the, one of the things that has changed, I think, in, in uh, my research into what makes pitches good is I used to think that velocity was the number one thing. And that was that was everything. But the last couple of people I've worked with on researching this, they've both come back and told me that velocity was like the fourth most important aspect of a pitch. And that, you know, things like vertical movement and um, velocity separation and the, the, how, the velocity on your breaking ball, like how hard your breaking ball was, that, those things were actually more important than fastball velocity. And I think what's happened is we've gotten so much velocity in the game. It's almost like the slider thing, right? We've got so much velocity in the game that that means there's there's some guys who aren't any good who just throw hard, you know, that are in the game. Um, and also, velocity is just what it takes to get to the big leagues. Once you get there, is there really that much difference? If you want to separate yourself, you throw. I throw 94. You throw 93. I throw 94 with a crazy rise ball. You throw 93, and it's 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 just like an average fastball. Which you know, which one which one is going to be much better? And is it going to be that one tick that matters, or is it my movement? So I think that's what the Rays. And if you look, the Rays don't lead the league in velocity. He's not the like hardest throwing guys in the world. They're they're looking for that vertical movement. Mm. I, I like the vertical movement stance, and this is just my dumb hitter brain thinking. But when you're swinging a bat, there's a lot of room for air horizontally because the bat is laid horizontally. And when you're going up and down, I mean, that's the smaller part of everything. So it makes sense. And then when I think about stepping back into the box, having to command a pitch up in the zone and pitches down in the zone definitely is harder than going right to left, in my in my opinion. Like if a guy is spotting at the top of the zone, you have to make a physical adjustment to get able to be able to get to that pitch. And then when you do that and you can spot something down down in the zone, you know, you're kind of shit out of luck right there. Yeah, I think the Yankees sense. were a big part of sort of turning things on their head a little bit with that rubric that you're talking about. So I think that they they started doing this before anybody else, which is throwing the slider low for strikes in the zone and then throwing the fastball less often, but at the top of the zone for whiffs and just kind of playing with your what your approach might be at the plate, which would be like, oh, I'm going to spit on anything down. You know, I'm gonna spit on anything that spins down because I'll be like, that's 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 supposed to make me swing over the top of it, right? So then you spit on it. Oh, called strike one. Crap. Okay, now I gotta now I gotta protect the slider down. Oh, this is fastball is way out of the zone. I've been looking at that slider down. This this fastball's in my eyes. And if you look at it, the Yankees were the first team to like really reduce fastball usage. They were the first team to uh, have the the hardest fastballs in the league, and the first team I think to use the high four seam the way they did. That's why it was shocking when they traded for Hap and Lynn, because uh, we were like, these guys only throw fastballs. <laughs> <laughs> and the philosophy at the time was to not throw the fastball a lot. They were like yeah. the team that threw the least fastballs, and then they traded for Hap and Lynn. And I was like, those guys throw like 80% fastballs. I think it's probably the sign of a smart team, right? You can't, you can't fall too in love with yourself, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, we figured something out, but... Happen, and Lynn are there, and the teams don't want that much for him. So let's go get him. I want Lynn back. He's going to be a free Jake agent. Jake says he wants to fall. Yeah, I mean, I, every day. Every day. <laughs> Trev, you want to ask some some ball stuff? I know this is close to your heart, all, all ball jokes aside, but it's we're starting to see some movement. I, I just don't know what to ask because, you know, you know, you've been on here before talking about the balls, and we've mm-hmm. talked about the balls, and, you know, it's it is a very very big deal and it's like a tangible change and people this is what i don't like you know i'm gonna tell you what i don't like and maybe you can just kind of go off that i don't because i really don't have a question because i feel like we've we've kind of covered it here but when we have these analysts you know guys on mlb network um you know guys all over social all they ever talk about is oh well the reason that the offense is down is because teams are teaching and I hate this term, they call it a launch angle approach, which is so freaking stupid because a launch angle, that's just a metric. Nobody's teaching a launch angle approach, okay? Uh, like, everybody's still teaching hit the ball hard. Yes. So that's now, the number one thing you want. Hit the ball hard. Yes. <laughs> that's what you're trying to do. 
But yeah. now they've had now they put this out there in the baseball world that everyone's just trying to hit fly balls and that's the reason everyone's striking out, which is just not the case. So I have all these hitters, you know, texting me, telling me we, we have to make a bigger deal about the spin rate and the spin efficiency that these guys are getting from these foreign substances. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else to do. Like, I don't know how to combat it. Like, you have come at it, and you had JT Orumuto put his name on it. And I said, that was a huge step when a catcher comes out against the pitchers. Because that just doesn't happen. They're more on the pitcher side than the hitter side. That's right. Almost I was universal. like, agents. <laughs> they really are. They're more on the pitcher side, though, because they got to deal with these prima donnas all the time. <laughs> yeah. So for JT to come out, I thought that was really, really good. And then... Just recently, uh, Chris Rose Rotation had Stephen Brault and Trevor Williams on, and he was talking to them about the balls and about your in, your article in particular. And they came out and said about how ridiculous it is. And you now guys are using like cement, like wet cement on their hands. And it's it's really getting out of hand. I don't know if you have an idea of how to make this story go bigger uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out of ideas. You know, I was talking to, and I won't, I won't out him, but I was talking to one of the lines of our industry about, um, you know, coverage back in the day. And I was saying, you know, it's frustrating. It doesn't seem like readers seem to care about this. And I thought maybe it was because it was like too technical. It's like a part of, it's like, it's been going on forever, quote unquote. And, 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 you know, it's had something to do with how it's not really like really easy to understand right away it's like oh what mm. they get more rpm and that's good why okay um you know and i was talking to him and i said was it like that in the steroid era and they said people didn't care about steroids when they wrote about it that was part of why the writers missed it or whatever was mm-hmm. that like like the guy who wrote about mcguire having androsidine or whatever in his locker like the guy who saw that he got totally vilified. Like he almost got like run out of the business that di- because, Oh, you shouldn't have been looking in his locker and oh, that's just fine. It's just a supplement. It's fine. That documentary, we had the director on who, who, who made it about Sosa and McGuire in the home run chase. They showed that they showed that he had it in his locker and they openly talked about it and no one cared at all at the time. No one cared. They, I don't, they only started caring when, Congress started caring. But yeah, if you go back yeah. to the interviews and then and watch a documentary, it everyone knew they were doing steroids, but nobody cared yeah. at all. And I do think that's what's going to happen here, Trev, but because the first thing a fan does is say, "Well, do the players care?" And for the last 10 years, the only people on record have been the hitters who said, you know, I think Harper was on record like 5 years ago saying, hey, "It helps them control the ball." And that's been in every baseball player. That's been the story. That's, that's been, been that's story. been the narrative. And we're only like yeah. two months into trying to change that, Trev. So like it'll come the more it gets kind of talked about. Um, but it's a big deal to have pitchers talking about it. Yeah. Well, yes. Chris Rose just had uh Trevor yeah, Williams and Brawl call it yeah. cheating on their on the on the Chris Rose rotation. That's amazing. Yeah. That's totally new. That is totally new and different. Um, you have to combat the, the narrative that's just for command. So that's why I, I had a piece where it's like, it's plus 500 RPM. If they that's use the spider tack, the stuff that holds cement to your hands, that's plus 500 RPM. And you're like, well, what's 500 RPM? Well, how about this? It improves breaking ball stuff by 30%. I had that stuff. That's metric. Ridiculous. It reduced. Yeah. And if you look around the league, sliders all have like the, the craziest stuff metrics. And I think, and I, you know, half of them are, are because of, you know, whatever's on their fingers. <clears throat> I mean, if you just watch a game, you can see it. Yeah. Is it as easy as this, you know, because we're able to track now spin since 2015. Can our listeners, can they just go to Baseball Savant, go look up their favorite pitcher, and they go back to 2015 and see his spin, go down to 2016 and see his spin, and if there's a 300 RPM jump, is is it as easy as that to say he's cheating? Um, I'll tell you something on the ball. If you did find that, yes. Guess how many you'll find? One. Bauer. Yes. That's on his page. You can say that. Like I've seen. Yeah. He's the only one because he was the only one not doing it. Find a couple. But here's the thing that's happening. It's indoctrinating. It's happening in the minor leagues. So it's been. They've just by the time you get there, you set. You have to do it in minor leagues because baseball came out and said we're going to use savant. We're going to look at this 
But what if my baseline was set in the high exactly. end? Can you? Is there baseball savant numbers for the minor league system? Because there are TrackMan devices in a lot of these baseball places. Baseball has it. Baseball has it. And then, yes. Only MLB a, has it? Yes. There's a hack, though, uh, to find some, you know, it's complicated. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, I'll, I'll, I'll point it out to him. There is a hack to find TrackMan for four minor league stadiums in Florida. <laughs> That's such BS, dude. That is absolute fucking BS. They're trying to come down on this. Well, they have all the information. Trev, they're not trying to come they down do. on it. What are you talking about? They literally, they, well, I they mean, definitely don't want to come down on it this that. year with the CBA coming. Yeah, they, don't they, do it they told year. every clubhouse they're not going to get in trouble. They said, hey, we're collecting all the baseballs, but don't worry. We're just collecting data. You're not going to get yeah, in trouble. I, that's 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 the message I'm getting from them. But, uh, you know, it, I, it also could be like to, to your, your larger point uh, about how, um, you know, steroids went down and stuff. It, this could be the Mitchell Report time. This could be the that's like. It leaked. You know, we're figuring something out. We're going to leak some stuff. We're going to get the public behind this. And then, you know, in year two or three, we're going to start to come down. But I <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just like tr trusting baseball right now. Like, they tried to change the baseball. They told us they changed the baseball. And they did it in all the worst ways <laughs> this year. The, the baseball now comes off the bat faster. So it's more dangerous uh, for hitters. Uh, it doesn't go as far in the air. So home runs have been turned into outs. It move, it has more drag. So it moves more in the air and it's lighter. So pitchers are throwing it harder. So we're about to have the first season with a plus over 94 mile an hour average on the fastball. That's insane. How are any of those four things? Good. All those four <laughs> things do is reduce homers and increase strikeouts. Oh, good job, Manfred. That's incredible. And you know what, dude? Like, that's all these dumb things they're saying. Let's move the mound back a foot. Let's um, do this, do that. All they got to do is stop people from putting shit on the balls. That, that's you right in up. front of you. It's so you much easier. And train hitting baseballs that are thrown a certain way. And then all of a sudden, they're not doing that anymore. And it's not just, it's not just it these substances now obviously that's the biggest part but now with i've and i've referenced this a bunch it's the slow-mo edutronic cameras where they can now just pitch design with this stuff and they say okay well i want my breaking ball to have x spin x break whatever 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 and they can just throw a bullpen I, session and come up with a pitch overnight i do have pitching coordinators that say well if the hitters just got their acts together and tried <laughs> a little harder and 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 listen i know no no i know but I'm saying this. What about this? There are techno. There is technology available to hitters that they're not using. The VR like as a group. There's VR, but yes, I've had people DM me and be like, VR is not to the right place yet. It doesn't trick your brain. It's not the it's right not. place. But there's you're, you know, there's catapult. There's uh, hit the 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 K vest. You know, there's there's things you can do. Like how many major league hitters? Uh, the minor leaguers have all wear worn the K vest by now, but like. How much, what's the percentage of major league hitters that have worn a K-Vest before? And I don't know what a K-Vest is. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. And it's a very simple thing that can help you. It's, it just tracks your body movements and tells you, you know, you, your hips are firing too late. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I, see, I, when I, I went to Dodger um, Instructional League for three days, and they were putting guys in that. Yeah, so all the minor leaguers, they're kind of going through it. and so It creates a baseline for, like, when your swing is right, they have the numbers and you can get back in there if you feel like something's off and they can say, well, this but is what's happening. I do have a funny story from that. So I wore the K vest, right? And uh, I had, uh, uh, I had near pro hand speed. Hey, uh, I had a minus minus pelvis. Mm. <laughs> Jake's been and hearing then, that his whole and life. And then you put, and then you put the vest on and then what happened? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So, so, but this is funny too, because I think it gets to maybe the fact that technology is always going to help pitchers more than hitters, which is the yes. fact that, so, so they I, control I, the variables. That's why, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, so I've had the vest on, right. And it, 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 he said, okay, use some cues. Like think of some different things while you're swinging. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get into my glutes and see what happens. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, just load as hard as I can and see what happens. And the one that worked for me that gave me the best swing was I'm gonna rip my pelvis through, right? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rip through. Jake on a wedding dance level. floor. I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna rip that pelvis through. <laughs> and I had a I had a, the, there was the best all greens on the K vest. It looked beautiful. It was great. 
I missed the ball on the tee. <laughs> and I still matter. Sand eye coordination <laughs> yeah. still matters. We need to get that K vest for yeah, back alley at bats. That's good. How much do you they can, cost? Like, you can optimize. I don't. I don't think they're too bad. Um, but you can optimize your swing, and then you still have to like see. There's some stuff now they're doing gaze training, where you'll like they'll put like different cameras, like things on your eyes, and try to get you to to look a certain way. But um, I th- I do I think. think- Technology favors the pitcher on some level. Yeah, I think the VR thing, if that gets up to speed and you're able to have two legitimate feeling at bats against the guy before you even step into the box, that is something that hitters are going to flock to. But I've used one of them before. I I think actually even two different devices – it's just not there yet. It's crazy to me. Like, let's go. Let's let's get on this because that's a that's a big deal. Uh, But that's like the only thing that I can think of that's actually going to help you with. A pitcher, you might be able to optimize your swing and your mechanics, but it doesn't matter if you can't, like you just said, if you can't put the bat, the barrel <laughs> to the ball. What does it matter? Miss the damn ball on a tee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we 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 have to kind of start moving. I have one last personal question: Is yours baseball related? Baseball related? Okay. Yes. Mine's half baseball. You know, so what you would know. you say is a one, the equivalent of a one dot OPS spin rate? Would you say three thousand or twenty seven hundred or twenty six hundred for, for a fastball? Right. Any well, so any twenty twenty four hundred used to be top twenty percent, but twenty four hundred now is top forty percent. Okay, that's what that's what the spin substances has done. Everyone now gets to twenty four hundred. So twenty four hundred is just every everyone does it. So yeah, I would say uh, twenty eight hundred. Twenty. I think uh, Bowers Bowers RPM on his four scene, which leads the league now. Is twenty eight hundred. So uh, yeah, so I was gonna say of uh, ever any pitcher that's thrown five hundred pitches this season, could you guess the top any uh, top five mm. in uh, percentage of pitches is percentage of pitches thrown that Over have twenty eight hundred or higher? I mean, I I gave you one Bauer. Bauer leads. Uh, He's at seventy three percent, which is I would say Cole Cole is up there. Ooh, Cole, no, Cole is number 14. He's at only 15% okay. of his pitches get that high. Cor- Corbin Burns? Number two, 67% of his pitches are at that spin rate. But uh, the, We're watching you, Corbin. And the, the amount, the number of pitches is Bauer leads by a lot. Bauer has, lot. <laughs> Bauer has 777 pitches, 2,800 or more. Second place is Corbin Burns. With four hundred and six, wow! So the mad scientist uh, who builds labs in his backyard to practice this stuff ooh. and has now engaged in some other substances has mastered the yeah, craft. Yeah. I mean, that makes a he lot of is sense. Walker Bueller. Bueller's up there. He's number five, but he he's uh, at thirty four percent. Bowers number one with seventy six. Yeah, yeah. Of his fastballs, uh, all pitches. All pitches, okay, that's what you're saying. Seventy-three percent of all Bauer's pitches have twenty-eight hundred. Uh, five is Bueller with thirty-four. Like Bauer, Bauer and Burns are up here. Yeah. I did. I there are there are some people behind the scenes who are, who are like mad about uh, about uh, Burns, but I got some pushback from Milwaukee saying that as like a like a. 18 year old or something it's really young in their minor league system he was throwing like 2800 mile per hour uh, 2800 rpm uh cutters so like their stance is he's always done this oh yeah sure you went to the local uh hardware store <laughs> yeah, he he was 18, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean look it just you can't we have a lot of data for for pitchers you can't just overnight just all of a sudden jump like that it just doesn't make any no. sense and if you do just but if you I, do I, just fastballs trev just fastballs bowers even crazier i know but, but look I, I did run spin rate differences for someone who's writing a story on the on the athletic um and in terms of like year over year difference there's four guys who have a 200 increase this year um i don't know who kyle keller is uh will crow jordan lyles and then shohei otani but Spin rate goes up with velocity. So I think on some level you have to take velocity out of all this because Otani was down in Velo last right. year because he was hurt. 
Um, and it's not like a who's who. <laughs> and there's Don't only four guys. Don't break my heart, Don't do that. Oh, he's healthy now. <laughs> he would break my heart. He really would break my heart. I see him as like a godsend, man, saving our sport from itself. It's so amazing. The opposite field power, dude. The yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. All right, the one last crazy stat while I'm on this page: the Dodgers, as a team, have thrown 703 pitches, um, or fastballs, 703 fastballs with a 2800 RPM. The the uh, Minnesota Twins have thrown six. <laughs> Twinkies. Why, Jimmy? Twinkies. Why did you have to go there? Come on, <laughs> that's kicking someone when they're down, man. They're about oh to get hot. Uh, you know, my Jimmy. Yeah, you. They're, gonna get they're hot, about to Jim. get hot. I know it. Um, or not, and they'll just die. Maeda on the DL. You know, I it's know. it's late night. You've put the kids. You, you you're you know, it's just you. You lock the door. You light a candle. You maybe you had one, two IPAs, <laughs> and you get to watch two pitches on repeat for the rest of the night. <laughs> One is probably Cesar Valdez's dead fish. What's the other pitch you're going to watch with it? <laughs> yeah. What's the RPM on that? What is, what is the other pitch? Um, you know what? Uh, I really love watching our change-ups because they, it just seems weird to me to have a pitch go that direction. Like a, this direction makes sense to me. That direction does not. So uh, I know he's not doing amazingly, uh, but Luis Castillo, uh, his changeup, or Nasty. Zach Granke's mm. uh, power oh, change yeah. still. Mm. You know, like I just love seeing a pitch go really fast and dive and go in that direction. It's just uh, it boggles my mind a little bit. Jimmy and I fair, uh, share a fetish for mm. front hip two seamers. Yeah. Oh, oh I just watched uh I just watched Maddox. Kluber. <laughs> you hear that right Kluber's there? got one. We ring it all back to Kluber. <laughs> I just watched Kluber Maddox. Bauer does it really I watched well. a montage of Maddox doing it. Oh, oh yeah, Maddox. Man, it, was, it, was, it was illegal. Art. Didn't make sense. It's so also, good because you see their they're just their body give up. <laughs> the hitter's just like Oh, and then get that oh. jelly leg, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Buckles was really, really good Ooh. at that pitch, too. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good of a pitcher he was when he was like on. If robot umps come and they are coming because they're already at high A, if robot ops come, that the robot umps will call that pitch a strike more often. Mm. That is one of the least ro- correctly called pitches, is the front door two seamer. <laughs> Did you know? The other day I was, this is a, a story kind of off the chart here, but I was at my little league coaching our team and this older team comes in, this guy's putting his gear on. I said, Hey man, catcher's gear. I said, Hey, you do that like a leg on the ground stuff. You trying to like get those low pitches called for strikes. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you better stop now. Cause robo umpires are coming. It's not going to matter. <laughs> and I don't think, I think he thought I was being really mean, but I was giving him real advice. Bro. Just go learn how to hit. <laughs> By the time you get to the show, son, you don't that need to do matter. that anymore. That won't matter. They'll only care about your pop time and your OPS. Hitting has become so hard that out corner outfielders aren't corner outfielders anymore. They're just third baseman or first like baseman. They're whatever. <laughs> They're just hitters. Please hit. All right, last question. Who's got Anybody. the most swing and misses on a fat, on a pitch with uh, RPM under one thousand? Is it the Valdez fish? I thought it was. That's why I was looking it up. It's Ryan. It's Ryan Stanek. Oh, the splitter. His splitter. Yeah, it's gotta Must be, be like a splitter. And then it's and then it's Chapman splitter. Oh, There's only nice. like two splitters in the game right now. There's like none. Not a lot of splitters. Yeah, I should have guessed splitter. Yeah. Stanek is back, baby. Here we go. All right. You even know he's gone. Thank you very much for joining <laughs> us, Eno. Donning the shithead. Appreciate yeah. that very much. <laughs> I took my medicine. Still, jury's still out, man. Anyone can no hit the Rangers. Long season. It's a long season. Cool. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks, Thanks for Eno. Thanks, Eno. All right. There he was. Talking baseball, talking spin rates, talking Kluber, talking staying hydrated because it's another thing that's important. This is suddenly a health podcast. Yeah, We teach you about sleeping properly. Now we're going to teach you about staying hydrated. 
and you can drink this out of your dugout mug. Let's combine them all. Man, hydrant. Jake's drinking it right now. It is a refreshing drink mix powder made with four electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. It's made with real fruit juice powder and no artificial sweeteners or synthetic colors. No nonsense. All science. They also have hydrant sleep. Well, now you take this, you go get the Rise app, you're mixing everything. Hydrant, I mean, you take the hydrant sleep, a new bedtime mix carefully formulated to promote restful sleep and hydration. You drink it out of the dugout mug. You have a nice night's sleep. You look at the Rise app, you see how good your sleep was. Everything's full circle. Hydrant sleep includes melatonin, magnesium, L-theanine, GABA, and chamomile to promote restful, high-quality sleep, backed with the 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. Try it today. Drinkhydrant.com slash baseball. Enter promo code baseball for 20% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash baseball. You know... Can I give a personal experience with that, Jim? Can I give a personal experience with Hydrant? Yes. I've been on the train of, you know, you know, drinking some sort of um, hydration pack or something before I go to bed. If I have a few pops mm. at night, adult beverages. Uh, my wife, Olivia, went out the other night and she took one of those hydrant sleeps before she went to bed. And you know, you don't sleep well when you drink. If you don't have something like that. She woke up the next morning and told me, because what is that stuff? So, it wow. Works. I don't know if they want me to say that or not, but that's my personal experience with it. Mm, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Uh, how about Eno wearing a shithead hat? Yeah. How about had it? it ready to go? <laughs> yeah, who just has that hat in their house? That's all. We didn't ask him about that. Eno. Just. Yeah, Eno. I feel bad. Yankee fans coming at him. That's what they do. Like I told him, you put yourself out there like that. You got to wear it sometimes. That's okay. I think he had. I think he's taking it all in good fun, and he knows that he's probably right. And he, we mentioned some things in that interview about the teams that Kluber's been facing. So the jury's still out. By right? the time this airs, we will know how he did against the Toronto Blue Jays on Tuesday night. He's got to face that fuck, Richard. Well, it's a good ooh. lineup, short porch. Let's do that because we're we going to predict. We got two predictions. Lucas yeah. Against Jack. Let's do both of them. Lucas versus Jack, their lines, and also the So, a line. reminder for our diehards uh, to juggle our schedule a little better. We're trying to get these recorded Tuesday afternoon and premiering Wednesday morning for you guys. Uh, so, Kluber's stat line what did Eno throw out? What? Five innings pitched, three earned runs. He said three walks. Why do I remember that? Um, I'll go. Uh, I'll go five point two two earned runs, survives. I'm gonna go straight with Eno. I really like that. Five. He gets through five, not without a little trouble. Three earned runs. I'm gonna give him five and three. Through five. I'm gonna give him seven Ks. Though. Okay. Five and three. Um, Kluber. Kluber. Have the, I mean, the the Jays are on a, like, what, seven-game losing streak? They've been hitting a little bit, though. They've been hitting, though? Mm, quality start, six and three. That's okay. my guess. Okay. And then the other thing, Lucas and Jack. other thing, yeah, the, the high school teammates, Harvard-Westlake, how about this? Who who has a better start? Let's just do that. Man. Jack's 8-0. Jack's facing the tougher lineup. Yes. Giolito's coming off a great game against the Twins. How about this? I'll go. Give me, give me, give me 0-0 in, in the seventh, and I'm, I'm hard. Okay. I'll go. Excuse me? Said, so give me zero zero in the seventh, and I'm hard like that, like mm. that a lot. Horny pod. Um, it's been like I'm tough. I said, <laughs> I'm horny. I'll start. I'll start fighting my dogs. <laughs> I'll go. I think they both go seven innings pitched, two earned runs, 
Flaherty gives up his runs early He's too hyped up Giolito gives him his up Start of the third time through the order God, that's nice right Thank there. you, you thought Thank that you. Where's this being played? Europe I mean, do they have to hit? Yeah Is it in Chicago or is it in St. Louis? No, it's in Chicago It's in Chicago I'm, I'm, I think Lucas pitches well But I think Jack dominates Ooh. today I, I've said it. I said it on the IG show with Chris Rose. I've never seen him more confident. And that's a big thing for him because he's got all the talent in the world. When he's locked in confident like that, I'm going with him. I think Lucas is going to throw well also, but I think Jack does something stupid tonight, like like seven shoddy with like 12 kicks. Mm. Okay. Lines are done. I mean, it's already happened, so we'll see. Yeah. We are, and we sound dumb. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you. As always, we will be back on Friday for Series Recap. Let you know what happened. Tweet at Eno. Tweet at Eno. Tell him he's the best. Call him a shithead. Nicely. Nicely. Jack's so confident, Trev. Yeah. yeah. I do. That's why I'm so confident. <laughs> <laughs> Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.